You are listening to the Fifth Hammer Growth Podcast, where we help you find harmony in imperfection as you journey towards success in life and in business. All right, guys, freaking happy new year. Welcome to 2024. <laughs> January 4th. We're recording this right now, January 4th, 2024. And it's interesting. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now. Like there's a lot of crazy people don't know what's going on. We've got election year. Um, it's the, from financial standpoint, like markets are closing. I heard something that, you know, people are dumping stocks. It's, 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 there's some interesting there's an interesting feeling going into 2024. And I saw this real, this meme that was like nailed it. And it showed Danny Zuko, John Travolta in Greece as Danny Zuko driving, driving with Olivia Newton, John as Sandy. And they're all freaking what's up. They're all happy. And they're like 2027. This is 2017. Right. And then it goes over to John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. And the dude is haggard. He's all greasy. And his date, remember his date was a, uh, what's her face? But they were, she was totally strung out and they're all like driving in the car <laughs> and, and it's like 2024. And I think that's the ultimate current sentiment of this year. It's, there's a lot of uncertainty, yeah. you know, yeah. but I'm so excited for 2024. And I don't know if it's just because the projects we're working on or things we have going on. Um, we've got our first draft of our book. Yeah. In, in and we're reading through it and there's some stories that we need to clean up and some things we need to add to that. But the first draft of the fifth hammer um, thinking fifth hammer thinking book is, is in place. That's, that's been a long, it's like, yeah, that's a big goal for us. I mean, we started writing the initial version of that in like October of 2022. Yeah. Down to like five different versions. Yeah. I mean, so, and that's, that's fun. huge. We're, fun. we're all on great projects. We're seeing super success on the projects that we're on. Super um, success. Super success. <laughs> Mortal Kombat, right? That's <laughs> an Easter egg. It is, seriously, dude. There's so much. Get over here. I think 2024 is in that situation, man, where I'm like, get over. I'm excited. I did have fun playing NES with my kids over the break. That was a pretty good. Did time. you really? Ninja Turtles and yeah. uh, Excite Bike. Yeah. Oh, oh Excite yeah. Bike. Oh, my, dude. my daughter loves Excite Bike. Yeah. It's so great. You ride a wheelie? <laughs> no, she just crashes. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I love, I love what this, I love what the new year has to offer. I, and you guys know me, dude, I'm like the eternal optimist. I'm like mm -hmm. the most optimistic person in the world. And we were talking about this at breakfast. It was like, I lead with, with trust. I lead with faith, belief. I lead with faith. belief. Yeah. I lead with optimism. And like you manifest that to the world and it comes back. And we saw that we saw that one of the projects we were on. I mean, we hit all our goals, the numbers outstanding. Yeah. Um, yeah. Across the board, the different projects, like I said, that, and I, I'm just so excited about the way this this year is going to go down. Within challenging times, there's always opportunity. And I was even talking to my wife about this because she, and you're a partner in, in with a, in a business with her, but she she was talking about how crazy the world is right now, and and how and she was feeling the anxiety of of basically starting an agency during that time. And I said, that's the best time to start one. Yeah. Especially if you've got some runway and you can hang, you can hang in there. You're going to swipe up clients from people who can't cut it. And it's the same with some of these projects we're working on. You know, there's a lot of, dude, the, the, the list of e-commerce businesses 
declaring bankruptcy right now is massive. Yeah. But we're all working on a couple of projects, experiencing some growth in all in the e com space. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, primarily, primarily selling through e com channels. Yeah. And just tremendous success. Yep. And it goes back to it's interesting because it goes back to a conversation we had earlier about what's what's success product market fit expectations and it all it all comes down to expectations and i you know and i i i'm i have i have high hopes i hear that song playing (laughs) i have huge hopes for this year and 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 i think that i think every year i have that i think every year i'm excited for what this year's going to bring but we were talking about just at, at breakfast we're talking about fifth hammer we haven't even been incorporated as a company for a year yet. And look at, look at what we've done. I mean, we've got a long way to go and we're going to be launching some things just so everybody knows we're going to be launching. Um, we're going to be working on our content creation. We're going to be working on our, our blog articles. We've got a book coming out. We're starting to do some masterminds um, here in the, in the Boise, Idaho area. That's where, that's where we're at. We've got a great event coming out that we're going to be focusing on. I mean, there's, we're going to be doing some things that are just really exciting. Plus, continuing to work on our personal lives, our family lives, and our projects that we're on, um, which is which is exciting. So, yeah, it's a natural time, right, for reflection and goal setting and like performance evaluation, right? And I think you know Dave brought this topic <clears throat> to us years ago as we were building teams and microbe and looking at growth and in performance there and. It's one we want to really focus on today for the remainder of the conversation is like, how do you, how do you foster and build a team and attract and retain and guide high performing individuals? Right. Cause we're talking about like our own goals and hopes and dreams and what's coming. Right. And, and kind of our own performance, but how do you also help guide that in others? So Dave, maybe share kind of, the origin of, of a little bit this for you and uh take it there yeah you know i was thinking you're you're you know you mentioned managing and there's i think it's part this is part of managing um but you know I, when i've as i've sort of come up in my career and you and i've talked about this quite a bit where like how, how do what kind of leader do you become like you know how what what goes into the type of leader that you become and I, I always just come back to, I just want to be led how I was, how I want to be, I want to be the type of leader that I wanted, mm-hmm. not how I was led. Cause yeah, in a lot in of ways, spite of like, you do this because it was done to you, even though it was negative. Right. It's like the, right. Yeah. It's like the, not to, not to say like we become, but it's like the hero versus villain tracks, right? You, you're, you're going down, a, you're going on a path, something happens to you and you either decide nobody else is going to feel this way again, or I'm going to make everybody feel this way. <laughs> Right. And then yeah. you you take one or two paths. The villain takes the I'm going to make everybody feel this way, and the hero takes the I'm going to make sure nobody feels this way. And I've always just wanted to lead how I wish I was led. And as I've looked over my career, I was like, what did that often come down to? And it was lack of clarity. It was when I would show up, I didn't know what I was doing, why I was doing it. I mean, I knew what I what I thought should happen, but I wasn't led in a way where what I was doing really felt like it was moving the needle. And there was a lot of uh, purpose and intention behind what we were doing. And then we would look at reports and we're like, what are these, what do these reports even do? And then we would show up for, I would show up for like a bonus conversation and maybe not hit it, but also not understand why, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So 
I was reading or listening to Brendan Burchard probably in like 2015, 2016. And he says this quite a bit. And I think he's, you know, at one point he was a, like a management consultant for, I don't know who, but he's, he's studied or he's surveyed like 10,000 employees or something like that. And he said that uh, the number one killer of high performers is lack of clarity. When you, when you lose clarity, you start to become jaded and bitter because you like when we feel lost, we just start to become bitter and angry and frustrated. Yeah. And then when you hit that jaded point, it's like the point of no return. You can't really come back from that because you're always going to be like, well, look, I mean, this is what happened and that what happened. And you're just in that frustrated state. So it led me to really dive into how do you provide the most amount of clarity possible? How do you and for me, it comes down to things just being as simple. As, and I'm not saying this is the right way, but this is how like the journey I've been on, yeah. which led to my, like the revenue formula, right, right? Right. That's a great way to provide clarity for a team. But then over time, you know, I, the, the, another hurdle I ran into was you think you're providing clarity a lot of times and you find <laughs> out that maybe there wasn't necessarily clarity there. Yeah. Right. And then you get, as a leader, you can get frustrated and, and that's where you, you sort of brought the idea of repetition to me. And we used to say this all the time at, at micro, we would say clarity and repetition, clarity, repetition. Right. Um, but then I just had this like epiphany the other day and I was like, well, I think I was talking to, um, I was, I was talking to somebody else and, and he was like, make sure that they understand the why. And for some reason it just hit me different. Usually when people say the why to me, I think, oh, you just got that from Simon Sinek and I roll my eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, I heard that. Right. Yeah. I've heard that a million yeah. times, but it just hit me different that day. And I was like, wait a minute, the why plus repetition right equals clarity yeah and that's possibly like a formula for how to not only communicate clarity but drive the internalization of that so that it sticks reminds me of one of ryan's pet peeves to be honest which is like if you if you bring a solution but you don't provide the why what are the clear clarity the around what the problem is mm -hmm. But you're just peripackaging it. Here's a solution, especially tech, because he's hey, go do this. Right? He's you know tech guru. So you hey, here's the tech solution, but you're not going to tell me what you're actually trying to solve for, right? Yeah. The why. Yeah. Well, then it's not really clear, right? And it's more just frustrating than anything, yeah. right? And um, but yeah, I found that so many times that even if I can say the what, hey, here's what we're trying to do. Here's what we're trying to accomplish. Here's the expectation, but without some underlying level of purpose or why behind it. I, I often have to come back and re-explain the why mm -hmm. uh, in, in very, and sometimes it's very simple, trivial things like we're setting up a new cash flow system for the business and need to get certain credit cards to help optimize certain things. Well, but if you just tell someone, Hey, go sign up for these. And they're like, well, why are we doing this? Yeah. Especially yeah. when you, and you brought this up talking about a players, they, when you, if you've got like a core value of ownership, extreme ownership, they're going to, show up in your business every day as if they're owners of the business. Yeah. And, and you can't say, and I've had this said to me a bunch of times, you don't own this business. Why do you care? Like, <laughs> because I want it to be awesome. Yeah. Right. So they're going to want to know why, and they're going to want to know why a thousand times. Mm -hmm. But, and it's interesting you say that because there is a sense of as an employee, this is, and I don't know, this might be a diatribe. And if it is, I apologize, but as an employee, you own, you own the work you do and you own the revenue that's created and you get paid accordingly. Hmm. You know what I mean? So there is, there is a portion of revenue that is going to you personally. Yeah. 
And, and there is a sense of ownership that can come. Now, granted, you're not the owner, but you own, if you can come, if you own your realm of who you are and be able to have that ownership in there, then, then your day-to-day jobs, the why you care is because you are an owner. You own your life. You own who you are. You own the fact that you work there today because you made that decision to get up and go to work and you own that. You didn't make that decision. Oh, I got to get up and go to work today. How, you know what I mean? How many times you see that, that feeling of, oh, I got to go to work today. Dude, I've never thought that in my life. I've never in the, my life ever said, oh, I got to go to work. I freaking love to do what I do. Mm-hmm. And I've always loved it. And I've never been in a situation where I have never loved it. Because once it doesn't, once I don't love it anymore, I'm like gone. I don't, I don't own this. I'm out later. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think it's interesting as you look at this, there's a couple thoughts came through my mind, but you brought up extreme ownership. So, and that was one of the first ones is how do you provide clarity by being decisive? Like you can't. Yeah. Making a decision. As a leader, you can't expect clarity to exist in your company if you can't make a damn decision. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and sometimes that decision might be, what do you think? And letting them run with it, giving them ownership over the decision. Other times it might be, yeah, that's not where we're going to go. We're going to do this. And and if you can't figure out the why right then and there, it, that's okay. You've made a decision. Follow through with it. But if you waffle, the moment you waffle, the moment you're like, oh, right, well, we're going <laughs> to should we do this? Should we do this? The moment you have are undecisive in the, when it matters most. Yeah. Right. Because there can be indecision. There could be times where you're like, let's talk through this and let's figure out what's the best way. But when you're in that combat situation that they talked about constantly in extreme ownership and you're and and lives are on the line, you've got to make a freaking decision and you've got to go. And that's where like, Clarity comes from being decisive amongst uncertainty. Yeah, dude, that's a great point. There's like, there's multiple, I think, angles to this, you know, like the, we could say this clarity formula for communicating, maybe communicating clarity, but also clarity can come from just the feeling, people feeling safe in an environment where there's indecisive, like by being decisive, like raises the belief, the, the collective level of belief, which I think also drives clarity. That's a good point. How many times have you seen that? that movie or that clip or that where where decisions need to be made and the guy who's running it is like uh, i don't know what to do and mm-hmm. then the little the, the the his underling or whoever else the next in command is like takes over the realms and just starts making decisions and things start happening yeah right it's that it's that certainty amongst it's being decisive amongst uncertainty and i love that as part of a path to clarity i don't think it's the end all Sure. Right. It's not the end all. And I love the, I love the why the other, the other thought that came to my mind is a saying that I learned early, early on. I think my parents did a really good champion this. My mom, especially simplify um, the complex. No, no, ah. no, it, no, cause no, but it was teach them correct principles and help them govern themselves. You know what I mean? If you can provide the principle of the formula, that we all have talked about. That's a principle. If you can teach them, your team members, that principle, that alone provides clarity behind the actions they're doing. 
And then you let them govern themselves based on those, those principles that have been taught. And then clarity, clarity is, is, is underlying. It's, it's there. Right. I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking about this episode today and I was like, okay, there's this, the overarching clarity formula of the why plus repetition equals clarity. But then there's like, there's like modes of delivery, I think for the why. Yeah. And, and I can't stress enough how impactful formulas, frameworks, models, yeah, whatever you want to call them. Like I don't even sometimes playbooks, I'll, playbooks. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll be in a, I mean, SOPs, whatever you, yeah. but like formulas to me, just it's, it's, it makes it like almost like a heuristic. It makes it just possible for you just to store that in your brain and call it back every single time. And anytime I've had a large team, that formula has to be as simple as it possibly can be. And it's amazing what happens if you can get everybody to rally around something like that, because to Ryan's point, they, we would just set targets for that and they would run. Now you do need people that understand how to operate under that. That's a level of competence, right? That any high performer has to have a certain level of skill and competence in order to perform. Yeah. Right. Yep. I think that that's one of the characteristics of a high performer, maybe not part of the formula, but if you don't have a skill level or a competence level, then you'll never be a high performer. Yep. Yeah. I've tried to plug that formula into teams with not as much experience and it just falls flat. Yeah. And then you have to scope in and help them understand. There was uh, you know, we've had really high performing A player teams where you almost had trouble. You know, we would, we would use the can't put a saddle on a Mustang just to tell ourselves, okay, like don't, don't snuff these people out. Like they can run. So we would have to build like a fence around the formula. <laughs> <laughs> and every once in a while, somebody would hop the fence <laughs> and you have to go chase them down. But um, yeah, that's a great point about the competence and about the principles. I love that. Yeah. Teach them principles. And what was it? Let them govern themselves. Yeah, I love that. Teaching them correct principles and let them govern themselves. And, and that's what really a, a, a leader is. Because as a leader in a company, you can't be everywhere all the time. And you have to be able to, you have to be able to have trust. And this comes down, I lead with trust. Like I'm going to trust that we hired you for a person purpose. You're an A player. You're the type of guy that is like, you're going to get the job done. Um, so I'm going to trust that you know how to do that. So let's, so here's, here's the direction. Here's our decision. Here's, here's the f- framework that you're going to work under and be a part of because we've all bought into it. And the other key thing in this is uh there's 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 a group of there's a group of a board member there's a there's there's a board and uh and and you think about this boards are an interesting thing or executive leadership teams are always an interesting thing because when there's when there's discord in that governing body then there's uncertainty across the board hmm. right and that doesn't mean and this comes back to agree and accept. Right. Right. We had that conversation and, and that rolled out and it's, there's situations where you can have conversations that, and, and you can have conflict and conflict is healthy and you can debate and you can challenge and you can present. But in the end, when the decision is made, that governing body better be in unison going forward. Because if you're not in unison to the team to the rest of the organization, if you don't have the ability to either agree or accept and be one in purpose, there's going to be uncertainty. And, yeah. and your A players are going to see that immediately. 
in that sense. And so I love the why and repetition and I, and I love all of that, but it's, it's the mode of delivery I think is incredibly important. And if you Mm -hmm. can't, if you can't be unified as a, as an executive team, you will never have clarity in the company. This is going a lot deeper than I thought it would. That's a really great point. That brings in, I thought about this earlier as you were talking, the agree versus accept. If you've got, I don't know, six people on a board and three agree the, and the other three don't, like the other three need to at least accept, you know, and, um, but I love the mode of delivery too. And I think the reason why I brought up simplify the complex is because I think that's a, that's, that maybe goes into mode of delivery. Yeah. But that's oftentimes when I see in a scenario where there's a stalemate or there isn't agreement, it's usually because they've overinflated or overcomplicated what we're doing or maybe over dramatize the downside. Like we were talking about at breakfast this yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people can't agree, but if you could simplify exactly what you're trying to do, which oftentimes for me turns into minimally viable concepts or breaking it down into pieces. And so we can look going at, back to the why, right? Exactly. Yeah. 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 I, I think the biggest lesson for me in some of this has been the repetition piece. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I really struggle even with my, my, my kids, but professionally too, like having to repeat myself multiple, multiple times. If I have to say it like more than three times, I just give up, which is funny because that's actually probably the average and the normal. And, yeah. and like, I should just expect that. Right. But I think we, we approach work sometimes that way too, of like, I'm just need to tell this person to go do it once so that it better get done. Right. And I think mode of delivery too, is you can say it in a standup, you can slack it, right. You can send it in an email, you can have it on a job description or a scorecard. Right. And the reality is you should probably do it all. Yes. Because there's going to be different ways that people absorb it at different times. Right. Um, and so being okay with repetition is something that I've worked on and just tried to work to change my internal expectation of, yeah, I may hope that I just have to say it once and that an a player is going to pick it up and they're going to like go. And, but now I'm like, but I'm going to expect that it's going to take multiple times. And you know? repetition isn't bad. I mean, I, my daughter, Hattie, she's nine years old. Um, she's going to, she, she goes to, challenger school and her freaking homework that she brings home at nine years old is like, I'm like, what the crap dude. And it's, but it's, she does like grammar to a song on repeat 10 times in a row. Yeah. She does <laughs> grammar and every, her grammar pages are almost always the same. There's three groups to them and a bonus and she's diagramming sentences. She's identifying uh, forms. And I mean the, the parts of speech and the, breaking down this and she's learning like, and I'm, and and it's always the same. And it's so bad because I, here I am. This is how I help Hattie with her homework. I open chat GPT and I type in the question in the sentence and I get the answer. I'm like, Oh, and then I understand it. And then I share it with her. And so now she's to the point where she's like, dad, why don't you just get chat GPT? Hey dad, can you open up chat GPT so I can do my homework? And it's freaking brilliant. Right. But, but I couldn't do her homework without it. But, but it's the repetition that she's going through constantly over the same thing over and over and over. And it emphasizes and reemphasizes and reemphasizes yeah. the, the principle that is trying to be taught. And, and in business, we have to do the same thing. Because if we're going to inject a new concept or a new principle or a new 
framework or a new charter or goals yeah. or whatever for the company, you have to reinforce and you have to reinforce and you have to reinforce. Because if you don't, your team members are going to be like, well, was that really important? Yeah. Does it really matter? Does it really matter? I mean, you yeah. said it to me once and I've never heard it again. I never heard yeah. it again. Exactly. Yeah. You said it once and I never heard it again. So did it really matter? Or was that just a, a, a win? If you apply it to your, and this is one thing that I, I think we did really, really good at, uh, at Microbe and Cellcore together is we, we applied things into our daily language. Yes. And it didn't, it wasn't forced, but that the daily language became the repetition. And we constantly were talking about the things that we were planning and working towards and, and driving towards. It became part of our language. I said strategic formula so much that my team created a drinking game out of it. <laughs> and for Christmas, got me a <laughs> bottle of whiskey in a bag that had the formula on it. That's awesome. But, you know, I also, I also think a lot about um, triangulating. So using multiple sources to figure oh, out yeah. like the center point. And, you know, like if, so like when you're, when you're, you don't, you know, sometimes I'll, a lot of times I'll actually lean on colleagues across the chain or sometimes even down, but mostly up to do a skip level, like with my team, if like, just to help me get the, triangulate the reality of or the truth of what, how they really feel, or if they, if there is clarity, because somebody can, will most of the time look you straight in the eyes and tell you they understand, but then they'll go and tell somebody else that they don't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just reminded me of a story while we're on kind of reinforcement of early in my career, first, first job, there was a dynamic CEO that came into the business. Um, first dedicated CEO on this business because they had sister companies kind of had a joint CEO and his, one of the first things he did, okay, here's the, here's the goal for the business. Right. And he turned it into like just a chant in every meeting. He would say, here's our goal. 355, 355. I mean, I remember it today and he created a little thermometer chart and would mark on the chart where we're at. And like, it's just that repetition. Yeah. Right. It's that reinforcement. I love like, that. And then everybody starts believing it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because if it's not, oh, well, you heard it once, but we well, and then it it's very clear. I know yeah. what we're shooting for. That's yeah. where the internalization not, comes in. Yeah. 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 There, there's actually a lie. And I can't remember what it is, but there's a, there is a certain level of repetition that has been studied that will, that is needed to drive something into the subconscious where it exists, just exists forever after that. What are you going to say? No, I, it, it made me think a little bit about what we did with when during 2020, when COVID hit and there was so much uncertainty about like job and like everybody was being like shutting down and things like that. And we came up with the idea of the minimum daily revenue yeah. yeah. in order to turn the lights on. We need a minimum daily revenue. Keep the lights on, yeah. Yeah, we need it. In order for us, to everybody get paid and lights to be on and us to move forward, we have to hit this much a day. And it was so micro in that, in, from a goal setting standpoint yeah. that everybody knew it. And we had it on the wall. And as we walked by and we saw our e-commerce, our Shopify real-time daily right. revenue, they walked by and they're like, we're good today. Yeah. Yeah. And- and the the clarity that that came brought security, to the team yeah. and the security, that's an interesting because security clarity brings security. That's what I was going to say. You know, least, yeah, or at least the perception of it, right? Like yeah. at least, like yeah, if, if I feel clear and confident in what I'm doing or where I'm going or where collectively we are, like I feel secure. Yeah, right. Yeah. But if you don't, everything feels uncertain and scary, and you're like, uh, am I stable in what I'm doing? 
fear literally comes from the future casting of things that have not come true yet. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. Dude, I'm terrified of roller coasters, but when I if I <laughs> actually get on one, when I when I finish, I'm like, "Yes. Okay, hold on. Right here, right now." No. I'm dude, I am <laughs> I'm going to keep that. I'm going to get that clip. Johnny, you're going to give me that clip. Johnny, you're going to cut that out, because, dude. Because next time we go to freaking Disneyland, I'm going to show next you. Next time we're in Disneyland, Dave and I are going to be eating popcorn while you guys Yes, I'm going to show you. Here's your, here's your, when you get off it, you're going to be like, yeah. Spencer and I are going to be eating popcorn in a, like I'm gonna a get seat some going, Whoa. <laughs> But how true is that, though? Yeah. I mean, think about it. Is is It's the same concept as, is, and I love this from the Disney movie. I don't know why I just went Disney freak on us, but in Beauty and the Beast, there's there's a song that the, the village people are storming the castle and they're singing kill the beast. And there's a line in there that has been so impactful in a lot of different reasons. And, and for, it just it's, it applies. The line says we don't like what we don't understand. In fact, it scares us. And this monster is mysterious, at least. Right. We so don't you like what we don't it. understand. Yeah. yeah. We don't yeah, like. I'll sing that don't. again. And you hit the third. Yeah. <laughs> we don't like what we don't understand. In fact, it scares us. Mm. And I got to tell you guys, your monster, your monster, your company is your employee's monster. And if they don't understand, if they don't understand what's going on, then fear and distrust and dislike, yeah. everything that comes against certainty and clarity and security emerges in your company. We don't like what we don't understand. In fact, it scares us. And that's what employees, if, there, if there's any sort of uncertainty, that's what employees feel. Dude, I love that. I love that song now. I know. It's great. Find it. <laughs> it's so great. Beauty and the Beast. For the and they're man. storming the castle. They got pitchforks and torches and we don't like what we don't understand. In fact, it scares us. You're right. And it's <laughs> such a great line. I was like, dang. And I've applied that to a lot of different things, but I've never applied it to business. Right. Until just now, until until right. you started saying that, it was like, dude, it's so impactful in business side of things. Yeah. That's why clarity has to be a major, major role of leadership. Well, and and why as a leader, you can't be frustrated when people challenge you and say, why are we doing this? What's this for? How, like, explain this to me. And and A players will, uh, will lead, often lead up and do that, but not all the time. Sometimes they'll get tired, right? And not all people will do that, right? So just understanding that that's just part of the role of a leader, and How many it's okay, times? right? And it's in and it's in the spirit of bringing understanding and clarity, so you can be a high performing team, not just a high performing individual. Well, You're gonna want to just sometimes go, <sighs> shut up, and just go do it. <laughs> yeah, but how many times have you sat in my office and said, "What are we doing?" Yeah, yeah, right. And that question comes, I mean, at, 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 and we've, we say that, like, what are we doing? What are we really doing? <laughs> like, we were trying to figure out what we're doing together. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? And clarity wasn't there. And, and, and yeah, that, it freaks people out. And sometimes you have to slog through it. You do. Right? Like, it's not like you're always going to get this grand epiphany in the moment just by challenging or asking the question, right? Or explaining it. Sometimes you have to go through the swamp of sadness. The swamp of sadness or, and, and, and accept, lose an artex. Right? Yeah, and, and, right? And it might be a week. It might be a few months. It might, but you still act. You still make decisions. You still move, yeah. right? You don't just sit there like. You Connor's, have to keep moving. Connor's back there laughing. The, you can't let the sadness overcome you or else you'll sink into it. You have to keep moving. Yeah, I, right. I let things fester and uh, it leads to like desperation and a lot of anger and 
and that's where the acceptance has been really powerful. It was really powerful for me, like the last half of 2023 is just accepting, you know, just accept you don't maybe know where you're going and, and, uh, and just moving forward, you'll, the path will reveal itself, yeah. but, but don't give up on trying to provide as much clarity as possible. I think, and that's the, the repetition part of the formula that I think is really, really important. I was listening to the podcast and they're talking about evidence-based faith, right? And, and for those of you who, you know, know the Bible, um, there's a great definition of faith. It's faith is a, a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But the interesting thing about that is evidence, right? And, and tie faith into, I'm going to, I'm gonna, from a business application, I'm going to change it to trust. Trust is the evidence of things not seen. Right. You've got to provide enough information to your team members in clarity and repetition so that their trust will allow them to have the faith in the work in the company that they're in to be able to move things forward. Yeah. Right. You, 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 you provide that clarity, you provide that trust, you provide that certainty and security and your team will, your team will rally mm, every time. By the way, that should be another episode that is trust. Oh, absolutely. We need to talk yeah, about I mean, trust because be it's so polarizing. Yeah. yeah. You know, and not to go down that rabbit hole, but like we were just talking to breakfast yeah. about some people make you earn it and some people lead with it. And I, I just want to explore that more. But yeah, no, no, I think that works it. out. So uh, overall, man, I guess, I guess in, 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 in wrapping this up and the thoughts and I, Spencer normally wraps this up, but I'm going to take a stab at it. He's much better than I am. Um, that 2024 is is an open slate. We have all the, we have all the possibilities in the world in front of us. Everybody does, no matter what, no matter who you are, what position you are, you have everything in front of you to do anything that you want to do. And it comes down to understanding your own personal clarity, who you are, what you want to do, how do you want to drive it and repeat that to yourself. So you don't lose hope, but also for your company. Provide the clarity that your company needs to be able to drive forward to an amazing freaking year because it's going to be a blast. And that's a great note to end on. But I do want to say if, if 2024 feels insurmountable to you, then scope out, reset your expectations and realize that this is maybe just a season. Yeah. And just get to another day. And, and this, the scoping out gives you more time to, to, to meet the expectation. You don't have to, we literally, we got to like when, as it relates to e-com and business, we got to get out of this double, triple, quadruple year over year. I do believe in the 10 X mindset and I do believe that that's healthy, but we have to get to a place where we can have realistic conversations around growth over a longer time frame because a lot of what we measure ourselves against, and, and it brings a lot lack of clarity, I think, and frustration is the unicorns that just have product market fit and they just take off and you think that that's what a great business is. Right. Right. So that's when comparison is unhealthy. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. totally.